This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Dr. Carl Bamlett, The Modern Caveman, a show that helps you to reshape your modern life using wisdom from the past. Welcome to The Modern Caveman, where this week we're going to talk a little bit about um, neurodegenerative diseases and nutraceuticals and how that has an effect on, on people. Nutraceuticals, that's a big word, caveman. Can yeah. you give us a wee bit of a, a breakdown for those of us that aren't uh, of the scientific world? Absolutely. Because So what nutraceuticals are, they are... Um, things that are in our food that will have a uh, big impact on us if we condense it and make it even more available to people. Okay, are we talking about in our um, physical well-being, our emotional well-being? Which area of our bodies and things are we talking about here? Well, they have that impact everywhere, uh, physical, emotional, mental. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're talking about today is the neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and those types of things, but we're going to specifically focus on Alzheimer's disease just because we only have um, a, a small time frame to talk about it, and we want to be real kind of specific as to what this is talking about. Fantastic. Let's get into it before we forget. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good, good joke. Good joke. Um, so the, the study that we're going to eventually kind of highlight here is one that was uh, got printed um, just recently um, and uh, in July 2022, and the title of this is Ameliorative Role of Nutraceuticals on Neurodegenerative Diseases Using the Drosophila Melanogaster, which is the fruit fly, as a discovery model to define bioefficacy. So what that says in actual actual words is um, they're seeing how the nutraceuticals, the food bioactive ingredients, are going to lessen the effect of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's using the fruit fly as the way to test the theories. Right. And okay. the reason they do that is because the fruit fly shares um, on certain certain elements of it, they share about 75% of the same gene coding with, hu- with the humans. Wow. So okay. they're using that model to do it. And so these, these studies are becoming increasingly um, exciting. To read over like the results because they're they're not just taking a guess on something they're actually giving this pathway and they see the results based off the the DNA, different different DNA that's out there and so then they can say okay this has this this has this this has this and if we do this long enough it has this impact which is quite specific for certain types I mean it, it can always be improved on but we're actually getting to where these foods have this impact and this is how we do it and and so we talk about this for a long time on the show but now it's getting to be able to prove it a lot more and make it so it's yeah this is why it's happening this is what's going on okay so let's first start out with um alzheimer's disease you have some stats in front of you there of how prevalent it is and um well yeah the data here is based um on on the u.s although we you know we follow um sort of suit and i guess would be um be similar but in the united states the occurrence of um of uh, AD or um, Alzheimer's disease was found to be 1.6% among the 65 to 74 age group, followed by 19% in the 75 to 84 year age groups and up to 42% among those who are 85 years and older or, or, or above. So that's quite a significant you know, jump in those, mm-hmm. in those years, I guess. Yep. Yeah. As we age, we get more vulnerable to it um, in massive numbers. 
um, what was it? What was it above eighty five? Forty. Forty two percent. Forty two percent. Yeah, so not quite half, but nah. pretty close to it. Two, two yeah. out of every five people that age yeah. are going to be dealing with that, and it, it is so debilitating because I mean, yes. you're not even there anymore. Yeah. Um, so um, for those. Um, just a, a brief rundown if you don't know what Alzheimer's disease is. It's a severe neurodegenerative condition causing um, a form of insanity, is what this paper says. Um, and it's loss of psychological feature and capability. So you're unable to look after yourself. You can't really care for yourself. And you don't oftentimes know who people even are. Mm. It's pretty pretty debilitating. And people who are dealing with loved ones around them dealing with it, it's, it's especially hard on them. Yeah, absolutely. So that's where um, the look into what can we do to... Not necessarily stop this, but prevent it from coming on early. Mm. Um, pushing it out as long as you can, so there's as little of a time period as you have to deal with it that you can have. Yeah, so there's some preventative measures we can we can take to um, to reduce the likelihood of this. Happening. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so what what these studies on on the um, the flies and other things are doing is trying to identify those pathways um, that are susceptible, and then work on strengthening them through these foods. So some of the things that can affect the DNA and make these things happen. So what they identify these genes that we'll talk about in a second, and there are things that can happen to um, affect them in epigenetic like impacts on the body. So our, we have this DNA, and what we do to it will make it either present with the disease or function normally. Um, if we don't have the susceptibility to something, we won't get that usually. But if we have a susceptibility and we're in the wrong environment or have the wrong circumstances or something happens, then it will come on. That's what we're finding. And that makes pretty good sense to most people when, when we talk about that. So some of the things that can happen, and I'm not going to break these down. We've talked about this on a previous show, what each of these things kind of mean. Um, but some of the things that can happen is histone modification, non-coding RNAs, DNA methylation, and DNA hydroxymethylation are three major processes which play a vital character in creating a mixture of environmental and genetic factors in the expression of genes. So that's how those things come out through those, through those types of things. Um, RNA, DNA methylation, histone modification, DNA hydroxymethylation. So that's just little things that happen within the body where you put on uh, a, a methyl donor or um, you modify the histone protein, and that makes your DNA do something different. Right. So is it almost so um, changing the course of um, of what the DNA would normally do? So it's yes. like able to change what it was what's programmed to do, yep. make it create something different. And and it's exactly it. And so it's it changes how it's folded and it presents it in a different way. And it's so complex that if it's twisted a little bit different position, it presents differently and acts mm. differently. And so once it's, I mean, we don't know an, enough about this yet, but what the, the thought of this is is to preserve it in its natural state and stop it from going to the disease state because it's unlikely that it's going to come back from the disease state once it's gone there. So once the SNP, single nucleotide polymorphisms, happen, it's much harder to get rid of it again. So what we have to do is work on preventing it from happening, and an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Mm -hmm. And so this, these studies have been going on for a long time to try and get to this point because it's not like they just said, hey, let's study that that uh, fruit fly and decide how to figure this out. Because um, so the fruit fly is not talking back, is it? It's not talking back. And yeah. so they, they figured out over the course of years what are some of the, the areas in the DNA that are likely contributing towards this Alzheimer's disease weakness. Um, and then they go and they just keep pushing down this pathway of, you know, 
hundreds of scientists before them, and they're getting towards a closer answer and answer and answer. So some of the, the time frames of, of how this um, started, uh, the process of figuring out. So um, the primary um, cistron with mutations, part of the DNA with mutations, was discovered in 1987 and found to cause a heritable sort of Alzheimer's disease. The second mutation was found in presenilin-1, known, and that was found in 1992, and that's for a type of early onset Alzheimer's disease. Um, so are there yeah, um, things, I don't know, we've spoken on a, on a previous show there, but 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 it's, it can actually come on earlier. Like we've talked about some statistics around 75, but, yep. but people can actually start to um, yep. display this um, disease earlier than that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, early as 50s, um, I, I know of personally through patients that um, have loved ones or of, of, of patients who have it set in. Mm. Um, 50s, 60s, um, I think, what is it, in the 60s, it was like 1.2% or something of people in the over 65? Yes, 1.6 is 65 to 74. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not very common there, but it does, but it does happen. happen. And yeah. if, so depending on how many of these, so if you have you know, a histone modification issue with some of your genes and you have the RNA and DNA methylation issues and you have more of the risk factors, You'll get it earlier would be one of the likely mm. the likely ways to explain that. So by figuring out what category you fit into, and uh, you know, family history is one way to know that you have a, a susceptibility to it. Um, and the more of these um, genes that you have that make you vulnerable to it, the more you'll benefit from the different nutraceuticals that can help you along that way. Got it. Yep. And so th- these are all little little paths that we have to work on um, to try and fix that. And so every single disease will have their own DNA things that are going to um, be the cause. So it's different SNPs or different um, histone modifications that are going to be causing it to happen. Mm. And so each food will do a different thing. Have there been studies to see that um, like these percentages are changing? Like um, or there's, a, there's more and more of this as we become more aware? There, there will be and there is more of it. And uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but I would definitely say it's increasing. And um, with a lot of these neurodegenerative diseases, um, they kind of get referred to as like um, a form of sugar regulation issues. So when, when our body gets off with certain or we have too much of sodas, fizzy drinks, that type of stuff, our brain starts to get a bit more issues. With right. neurodegenerative capacity, so it, it makes it increases methylation is why that happens. So we increase the methylation by having sugar, carbohydrate, alcohol-rich diets, and those things are going to happen more regularly. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to because um, we're talking about some ways we can prevent it, or, or mm-hmm. some things we can do to um, change the gene reacting the way that it does, and exactly. so on. And so um, some of those preventative measures. Um, um, I'm thinking about what are some of the causes, you know, because like, yep. we may already be. Um, Impacted with the gene, yep. and um, through passing it down through, um, you know, through a, inherited it, so yep. so to speak. Yep. Um, but there might be some things that we're doing that actually just just keeps amplifying that. You yep. know, absolutely. Um, like you're saying, there's some things we can do to switch it over, so yep. that if we less likely to suffer from it. Yep, I would definitely say. Um, Reducing sugar and processed carbs is number uh, you know, right on the list, as well as alcohol. Alcohol would probably be the most impactful yes. on it. And then you just get the the sugar and processed carbs, get that out of the diet, um, and those are going to be the biggest things to work on um, from from what I I know about this. Um, and then there will be other things that we can add in. 
um, and, and it's different models. So in this paper, they talk about um, Chinese medicine's impact on it and Ayurvedic medicine's impact on some of the herbs that they've used. Um, but we don't even have to go down that road necessarily. The, the foods themselves, we're going to talk in a second here about some of the foods that are going to have a real big impact to um, stop this process. Mm -hmm. And, they're, and they're, a lot of them are common foods that we know about that we used to promote more, mm. um, but we just know so much more about them and we just got to get people back into them again. Okay. So, because there's a few things that they start to talk about um, when they when they say how the effects are, how they're going to measure the impacts. So, it's going to be um, neurofibrillary tangles and A beta amyloids, amyloids, and they're going to be. I really need to brush up on yeah, some of these ways, yeah, don't I? Yeah, they're, they're real tongue twisters. They're, they're everyday, <laughs> they're everyday usage things. Um, what these are, they, they're proteins that show up in the brain of people that have have this. So, they're just markers that they say, okay, you have this when you have uh, Alzheimer's disease. So, we're going to measure how they come on, when they come on, how we stop them, how we slow them. Uh, that, that, that's what they're talking about. Um, so one of the first foods that we're going to talk about is one that we talk about a lot, um, and that is turmeric. Turmeric, yep. Turmeric. Um, and the active ingredient in turmeric is curcumin. Yes. And curcumin is um, has a lot of roles, and the turmeric has a lot of roles. And one of the things that it that we've talked about before is um, it's anti-inflammatory, mm. and it's good for digestion. Good for digestion. Good for keeping it. So you don't um, in the cyclooxygenase and lipo lipoxygenase pathways. If we get the omega too many omega six fatty acids, we get inflamed. That's going to be in your processed oils and your processed foods, and you get the omega threes, which are in your um, grass fed. Um, free-range meats and in your uh, fish oils and things. Um, and if you don't overcook them, they stay that way. Um, so there, there's different ways to get them, um, and that helps to keep it so you don't get too much of the omega-6s, um, the inflammatory ones. Um, and it also, um, in the recent years with COVID, we've, we've um, highlighted the impact of uh, turmeric and the curcumin with increasing um, some, some antioxidants, especially the concentration in, in the lungs. Um, and so it's, it's a really good food for lots of things, and we just are knowing to increase how much we have of it. Well, it's, it's sort of something that you can um, add to things, you know, to get, sure. it, to get it in there. You know, um, like I, I know in a lot of um, different um, ethnic cooking and yeah. so on, you know, turmeric is a, a common ingredient. Absolutely. And, and, and in those countries, they've known that it's been a good thing for, for generations. Yeah. And so that's why they use it so much. Like this thing helps to keep you live long and healthy. And so let's, yeah. let's use it as much as we can. Um, and uh, so turmeric is one of them. And what that does is that has blocked the A beta aggregation of some of the, pro of some of the proteins. So it's not going to get as much of it in there. Um, and it's going to slow the progress of it. So it inhibited the impact that those, that those proteins have. So it, it gets less of it, it inhibits its effect, and mm -hmm. it stops it from progressing as quickly. So turmeric is a big one. Um, one that we've known for a long time that's been quite beneficial is garlic. Wow. And that's the next one on the list. Um, garlic we often have to talk about as being um, anti-clotting. So it's real good for that. Uh, blood pressure. Um, mm -hmm. It's been promoted for blood pressure quite well. Um, it is good for stopping bacteria and viruses. Um, so these are all some things that, that garlic has been used for. And I don't know about you, but I remember growing up, my, my grandma um, on my mom's side, I know I always smelled quite strongly of garlic. And I right. always kind of think, what's going on with that? But <laughs> <laughs> So she didn't get too many hugs? She, she, she got some hugs still, <laughs> but yeah, she, she, uh, she it didn't, I didn't linger very long, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, some of the other things that, that will help along these same pathways um, that they're they're looking into these because there's um, 
evidence out there. Whether it's not real strong evidence yet because these types of studies are just becoming um, a reality for the, the people with lower budgets. Because, um, you know, if you have a pharmaceutical company's budget, you can put in a few billion dollars into a study and make it happen right now where when you're studying foods, there's no big big interest behind that. Mm. Um, so some of these other ones here, which um, sage and coriander. Um, and sage has rosmarinic acid um, in it, which I imagine you get from rosemary too, based off the name of that. Um, and they are helping from neurotoxicity of some of those um, A-beta-induced um, proteins. So um, sage, coriander, um, black pepper, good ones, um, helping with similar things. And ginger. If you look at ginger and you look at turmeric, mm. the roots are very, very, very similar. similar right? yeah, yeah. They're, in, they're in a very similar family. And then there's also some of the, the other roots that they're like, I believe Galangal is one of the other names of another one. Yep. And so those types of plants are going to be in the same pathway where they're going to give uh, some benefits to them by consuming them. Um, and so the ginger also does very similar things with the turmeric. It's just um, turmeric has a little bit more emphasis on it right now. And as you go down the line, you get into other things like, uh, you know, cloves, um, green tea, um, and onion. Um, so the, uh, eating a lot of variety of the herbs and spices as well as your, your vegetables. Your vegetables, gonna be, yeah. yeah. yeah it's going to yeah. be a big way to get that going the right way. Um, and then we'll talk um, here about uh, coenzyme Q10 or ubiquinone, which um, is a big one for your mitochondria. And so one of the big things around this health is going to be around the health of neurodegenerative diseases is around mitochondria. So making sure that the mitochondria and the electron transport chain... So tell, us, tell us what that is for those, so, those of us that aren't tuned in with that. Yeah, so the mitochondria is our energy production center of every cell. Um, so what you have to do, there's all different organelles in the cell and in the cell nucleus, and they have to do everything for the cell. Um, what the mitochondria does is that creates all the energy, all the ATP that the body needs to run. And if it doesn't do that, we're real sluggish and we're just constantly fatigued and run yeah. down and we're not processing things very well. Mm -hmm. And so that is the the backbone of making that work right. And so there are a few ways where you can get this. Um, one of the the, the best ways um, is through um, uh, red meat that's rare to medium rare. So it's fresh, good quality red meat that's rare to medium rare. Right, so what if someone's a vegetarian? How are they gonna handle that one? There are some supplements that yes. you can get to that, and yep. there are um, some- I have seen Cohen's um, Q10 as a, as a supplement, yep. you know, from the pharmacies or the health store and things like that. Yep, and they can, yep. you can get that from some of the the, the greens out there, um, but it's not yeah. it's not ubiquinone. It's not that. It's a slightly different form, but our body can convert it. So it'll take a little bit more time, but you can you can do it that way too. Yep. Um, and but with that, it's heat labile, heat sensitive. So um, with, when you buy a supplement, it has to be a good quality one because if they don't pr um, process it correctly, mm -hmm. um, it's not going to be done. You lose right. the goodness. You lose the goodness. And if you if you overcook the vegetables, so when they say cook this al dente, it means yeah. al dente. Yeah where there's still some bite to it. It's yeah. still got all the bits to it. Because if you overcook it, get it too hot, it destroys the, the bits yes. that are important in there. Just like having a bit of raw broccoli is better than um, having it when it's slight, just a bit of mush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the mush just is completely off-putting, where you can you can chew through the stock when it's still a bit, a bit hard. <laughs> <laughs> and along with um, the ubiquinone, you get into the... Um, L-carnitine and car carnosinic acid um, and some of the other things that transport into the mitochondria and then magnesium helps to transport the energy out mm -hmm. and magnesium we've talked about a lot in this show um, it's a um, 
really responsible for over 300 different uh, metabolic processes in the body, and one of them is energy transport. So it transports that finished energy from the from the mitochondria out to the rest of the cell, and allows you to. to so again, magnesium is another you know supplement that is provided in a yeah. in a supplementation form. But if we weren't looking to rely on the supplement, what where could we be getting it from? You get it in nuts and seeds quite well. Right. Um, okay. Uh, with with our modern stressful type lifestyle, that's one supplement we're actually saying probably should take it, um, mm-hmm. just because you know we don't rest as much as we should, we don't get as much sleep as we probably should, we have a few other things going on. So that is um, really really a big one. Um, I, I'm not as specific about what form you take because um, if you talk to some people, they'll tell you oh, you have to take this exact form and it's the most bioavailable. Mm. Um, where I find if you take away the the food intolerances, which are hurting the gut lining then people will absorb most forms pretty well. Right. Um, and you can take it in a supplement form. Um, you can do the foods. Um, you can, uh, some people can tolerate, um, I, I like doing um, Epsom salt baths where you, you soak in it and you get some that way. Um, some people put oil on the skin and absorb it that way. So there's a lot of varieties to do it. Yep. And one of the other good things about magnesium is it can help with sleep. Um, okay. Yes. Will, yeah, I see. That's one that they have um, for sleeping better. Yeah. yeah. And that increases, it helps increase the serotonin pathway. So you can help if, if that's the pathway that's a bit um, off, that will help mm. that quite a bit with people. Awesome. So then we get to some extra ones. And, and even the, um, we talked about how you process the, the, the vegetables and how you process foods. And so here's one that's uh, a benefit when you age garlic. So you may have seen a bit of that, uh, the black garlic supplements and stuff out there and some of the other things where they age it a bit more. Um, that, actually has a benefit to suppress some more of the re- reactive oxygen species that can uh, affect the body a bit more too. Um, so um, <laughs> that's where fermented foods and things of that nature have some extra benefits too because um, they'll have good bacteria that are helping to break that down and you'll get the probiotics but there'll also be extra benefits from, from eating those types of foods and we talk a lot in here about you know the sauerkrauts um, and uh, kombucha, um, mm-hmm. more of the sauerkraut than the kombucha, just based off what they're fermenting to get there. But they're both good for varieties of that, um, and other fermented foods if if they're a good quality ones. So things like ch- kimchi and other things mm-hmm. that people like to make. So really important things to have. And then you get into um, your your vitamins, your base vitamins. Um, they all have anti-inflammatory or other protective things that they that they have in this in this study in this paper. Um, so the, the B vitamins are going to be hugely responsible for um, energy energy creation. Um, I'd, I'd advise that if you do too much B vitamins and supplement them on a daily basis and in large amounts, that would be counterproductive. Because if we get too run down, that will just make the body more vulnerable to whatever is going to go wrong with our DNA. Omega-3 fatty acids, um, they improve the neurologic recovery um, of white matter after experimental traumatic brain injury in these in these flies, um, so that is um, another you know, benefit. Because what the, the reason that is is because those difference between those omega threes and omega sixes, and why we talk about that so much. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I think probably about one out of every two or three shows we talk about them. Um, the omega threes can move and link and change in different ways and make different shapes. When you're thinking of the um, the chemical model that you're making in your body because it's all these little building blocks put together. Everybody really likes Legos. Everybody really likes all those different little things that we can build with. Mm. Um, Our body is the most complex building block of Legos that you can think of. And so if you have it so it can build and make more shapes, it's going to be better off. Where if it's an omega-6 fatty acid or a saturated fatty acid or these other fatty acids, it's not going to be able to do that. 
So those omega, oh, those omega threes make it so you can recover better from injury um, to the brain, whether it be chemical or trauma or other things. Mate, there's so many different um, nutraceuticals, you know, that are. Um, that are there there to, to support or, or suppress, you know, um, what we're talking about. Absolutely, and, and the reason there's so many more than this. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of different chemical structures in food that will have benefits for us. And these are the ones that are the most likely to cause the biggest impact. Yeah. Um, between me and you, we're going to have very different things that are going to impact our DNA, but we'll all have some of the similar things. I mean, mm -hmm. we'll still be 90, probably 99.9 .9 something or 99 point something percent similar, but there's going to be very different ways in which those other little tiny percentage yeah. impact. Um, and so we have to figure out what food does for each one of us. And so I know through through muscle testing that I figured out that about eight supplements benefited me. And then I did DNA testing to figure out how much benefited me. And nine supplements showed up to be beneficial. And of them, eight I was taking. And the other one yeah. um, I tried taking and didn't quite work yet. So I got to try and work into that. And that one might just need to take a little bit of time. So the, the testing those and going through that process of trial and error mm -hmm. is how we figure out exactly what works for us and keeps us going in the right direction. That's good. That's good. So in summary, though, if, are there some simple things that um, we can do? You know, you've talked about what things to avoid, yep. and then we've talked about what things we could take to help yep. prevent as well. Yep. Um, you know, if we don't have all the scientific, you know, data, yep. you know, just anybody on the street, we can say, hey, if you, if you avoid this and you do this, then you're likely to um, be on the right pathway to not not saying you're not going to necessarily suffer from this, but you'll reduce your likelihood of, you know, coming to um, to the Alzheimer's. Yeah, it's a very good question. So what, what I would suggest, um, if you know, if you don't have any family that has a family history of it or anything, yeah, you still eat right and do all the good things that we're talking about. You don't have as big of a worry, so you you can get by probably with keeping your sugar, keeping your alcohol, keeping your carbohydrates, uh, processed carbohydrates quite minimized, um, and staying active, not getting yourself too run down by, you know, excessive work and not enough free time and not physical activity. Mm -hmm. So if you do those bits, that'll keep, keep you probably pretty right. Um, when you start getting to, you know, a risk of it, but it's later in life, and so it's only a few of the polymorphisms happening, then you might have to really start hitting onto the the garlic and the turmeric and those. And, and the earlier that you do them, the better off you're going to be. Because mm. are they reversible? You know, uh, you know, mm. is it reversible? Say, it's like, say, like you have not been living the lifestyle, yeah. you know, and you've made these decisions earlier in your life, and you know, can you undo the damage? That's a very, very good question. What seems to be the way that a lot of this stuff looks like it is that there's a tipping point. Okay, so we go along, we go along, we go along, and we're doing the wrong things, and then we get to this point, and then we can't get back. How do we know where that is, <laughs> is mm. the question. Um, I see people every day in my office, we're working on this nutraceutical type of stuff, and we all respond different species, different things. So the amount of amount of SNPs and issues you have in your DNA, the more um, quick it's going to set in and the harder it's going to be to reverse it. But that being said, you can still do a lot of things to, to get back away from it. So I'll give, I'll give you a context. I have, hmm. I have a patient who um, 
not a neurodegenerative one, but um, of a different type of, of it, um, uh, ulcerative colitis. It's a very bad um, um, irritable bowel disease. Um, and for a long time, we were working with this person, and they were having lots of blood in their stool all the time. They were, they, what, what causes it to happen was some, some um, medical interventions um, brought on this after um, treatments. Um, and so working, working, working really hard, trying to get the blood to stop. And he'd already been through this once before, and he didn't like the solutions that medicine gave him. Uh, natural medicine helped him quite a bit. So we found that about uh, 10 to 15 different things really helped him. But there were two things that were huge in changing around his symptoms. And you go from having this disease to, um, you know, hoping to not get symptoms or not having symptoms. And so with him, over time, we found that the number one thing that he had to do was take a lot of fish oil. If he did that, if he took about 3,000 milligrams a day um, for him, that his bleeding would subside dramatically. And things that flared him, ice cream and uh, alcohol, were two of the things that flared him the worst. So if you take those away, yep, and you might be able to even reduce the... If, if you take those, you, you reduce the blood. So we got him now, so many days there's no blood in the stool. If he has too much sugar or carbohydrates, it flares right up. Mm. The good thing about that situation is he has a red flashing alarm going off whenever he goes over the line with it. Um, for instance, with, the, with ice cream, it's usually a week to two weeks that there's blood in the stool after the ice cream's had. That's a quite a delay. It's it, for oh, it's two whole weeks is how long he's set back. Yeah, so it's 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 a long time to take mm. it to go the right way. No matter how much of the exact right things mm. we have him do, it's two weeks before mm. it comes right. Oh, before it comes right. Before Sorry. it comes okay. right. Okay. Before it comes right. Yeah. So two weeks of of so he, he so he starts to have the impact of it quite straight away. Um, the next the yeah, next yeah that's okay. Yep, I missed that up. Um, yep. No, no, no. I, I didn't explain it well enough. Um, and so it's two solid weeks before it even starts to come right, and then it takes a while for it to get back right. Um, with the, the the big night with a, a bit more alcohol than he should have, that was a that was a four month mm. setback. Wow. <laughs> it was four months of yeah. terrible. Yeah, and then it started to come right with knowing the exact. So he holds the bottle. He says, "Do I want the blood?" <laughs> that, that, that's 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 <laughs> the decision. Like some sort of like connection there to think this is going to have this consequence. It's easy know? for him to make yeah. that that connection where somebody in this in this position is like, "How do I make how that do, connection? How do you make yeah. that connection? You don't." And it's going to be a hard one to get across. But if you see that, if you see that loved family member mm. who has this, and you're vulnerable to it, put that connection, put the things into play. Know that these are risk factors, and then these different foods and things that you can do are really big. Because um, a lot of the stuff that they talk about in this paper, so a lot of the things they talk about here on repeat, they're talking about the the turmeric, the curcuminoids, uh, the the gingers, um, the quercetins. So you're eating those those. Those root root um, like the turmeric and the ginger, um, get into your vegetables, get into your fruits. Having that five to six servings a day minimum, um, minimize sugar carbs, and that's going to help you mm. go the right way. And the and the fatty acids, the the fish oil and the um, with with the meat. If you do eat meat, um, have it be uh, non processed and um, rare to medium rare would be the way you would have it. Don't overcook it because overcooking it will throw some of that stuff off. And um, yeah. Have good quality stuff, mm. and eat it less often than you would otherwise. If it to, to fit in the budget, um, so this process and give yourself a break so you don't get too run down because run down is what 
allows these things to start to hit more. Because when you're yeah, feeling really good, energized, all the stresses, energized, I, yeah. all the stressors, yeah. when you're feeling real good and real energized, it doesn't take its effect, impact so well. So one of the big things that I find with people, because in my office I deal with a lot of people who are high-functioning employees, who have a lot of responsibility, who are business owners, you have you know, a variety, variety of people, but they're mostly really driven type of people, and all different things happen um, that I deal with with people. But one of the things that you have to do when that, the last two to three years has been a real good example of the stress being high. Mm. What we have to do during that time is have the um, hobbies or pastimes that shut our brain off. You need to do that, um, whether it be um, woodworking, blacksmithing, doing puzzles, yep. um, something. And, and the things that people ask me, <laughs> and, I, and I have to look at them and say no and smile, um, gaming doesn't count because your mind's active. Television doesn't count because you're taking in information. Stimulant, yeah, yeah. Reading doesn't count because you're taking in information, getting a story told. Music, listening to music does not count because you're taking in information. So what about doing a crossword or a Sudoku Cross, or something Crossword like usually does yeah. work and Sudoku works because you have yeah. to process a little bit, but it's mindless and it's just, mm. it's not something you really have to think about too much. But if you have to put too much focus in, it will make you work a little bit, but it's not quite the same way. Your brain isn't constantly working. But jigsaw puzzles, woodworking, cross-stitch, crochet, those mm. types of things, they're really good. Or things you did when you were little are really good with painting, drawing, coloring, yep. that type of stuff. Um, those will turn the brain off, shut the stress response down. Um, and when I say stress response, a lot of people um, just automatically assume it means pulling hair out and not coping with stress. Mm. What we actually mean is um, you're processing things, you're thinking through a situation, you're game planning for five moves down the, down the track. Um, and that's a form of stress. It's not coping. It's just you're thinking of what you have to do when something goes wrong or when the next step is. Yeah. And so you need to step away from that every once in a while. And the way that we do that and achieve it is you um, set it to be a job you have to perform. So to say, I have to do that puzzle Wednesday night between 7 and 9 o'clock, or I haven't completed it and I've failed. Mm. If I do that in my head, I, I do it because I'm not going to not do the job I have to do. Yeah. Or if it's... I would be nice to be able to do this. It won't get done. Gotcha. Yeah. So those are some things that we can do to try and um, stop these onsets. And if you're in those two categories where you know you're later onset or you know things are happening with it, you're fine. Or if you never had it in the family, you'll be fine with that. If you start getting into the the percentages on that paper there, where you know 1.6 percent of people between 65 to 74 have early onset, or if you get it before that, even if you have a parent who gets one of these neurodegenerative diseases in their in their 50s, mm. um, that's when you're going to start probably wanting to even. You know, contact a practitioner, maybe do some DNA testing to see what it is, and then get into the supplementation. Because, um, or you just get into the supplementation right away. Um, one of the two, because the supplementation will um, give you the things that you need to do. So if you're doing that, that from this from this turmeric fish oil and many of these other things on here, there'll be good ways to help your brain from having those issues as early, or maybe not at all. Yeah, I do remember, um, you know, a saying from a, a friend of mine who spoke about. You know our mindset and our uh, the well-being of our mind, mm -hmm. and um, you know, with in particular with alcohol and drugs and other such things, you know that that we use, you know, or people use for um, to escape or to relax or whatever whatever it might be, you know, mm -hmm. and then they be they become addictions as well. But um, I do remember uh, once sharing that um, you know don't be surprised if you take mind-altering substances that they will alter your mind. Um, and not all of it is instant. Sometimes mm. it might have the effect later on, like 
and show up in these sort of statistics. So um, yeah, it's mm. just interesting to know uh, the impact. You know that uh, you know you 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 put the uh, you know the snowball effect, I suppose. Yeah. You know, well, I think, and then compound effect as well. I think that's uh, a very accurate description because um, I mean, especially in our modern day, where we're really pushing some of these these drugs that work on um, their own pathway. Um, mm. The endocannabinoid system has its own pathway in our body that it works on, just like nicotine has a certain mm. pathway that it works on, and it's, it has a big impact on that. And you can see the results when somebody tries to get off of that drug and how they get real jittery and things start to happen. Um, we're pushing this really hard um, mm. right now in many places across the world, and there's going to be an impact from, from these, I would yep. say. Yep. Um, and, yeah, you know, <laughs> um, I, in the, I grew up in the 80s, 90s, and um, there was two gentlemen who were from the, the 70s who were well-known, um, Cheech and Chong, who had a certain <laughs> way of talking and stuff as a result of, of the amount of their stuff going on. So you can see some of the impacts that it can have, and there will be a much broader array of symptoms that are going to come on that we're going to notice um, with, with the more widespread use that's going to be coming on. And that's not something that people usually talk about too much, but um, I think it's something that we definitely have to look out for. Mm, absolutely. No, it's been a really interesting topic today, uh, Cape Man. Yeah. Any final um, comments? Summary? Yeah, I guess the summary is, uh, um, you know, the foods we eat um, and are, are the most powerful thing we can do. And if we choose good ones, um, we'll be healthier longer. And our DNA um, isn't our destiny. And we can impact it with our actions more than anything else. And um, oftentimes we... We may think that we were given these cards and we don't have any choice, but we oftentimes do have some choices where we can really, we, we can decide what game we're playing rather than yeah. what cards we have. Nice. Excellent. Thanks for that, Caveman. Thank you, guys. Here's to the ones that we got. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not Cause the drinks bring back all the memories Of everything we've been through Toast to the ones here today Toast to the ones that we lost on the way Cause the drinks bring back all the memories And the memories bring back, memories bring back your There's a time that I remember When I did not know no pain When I believed in forever And everything would stay the same now my heart feel like December When somebody say your day Cause I can't reach out to call you But I know I will one day yeah. Everybody hurts sometimes Everybody hurts someday yeah, yeah. But everything gon' be alright Gonna raise a glass and say yeah. Here's to the ones that we got Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not Cause the dreams bring back all the memories Of everything we've been through Toast to the ones here today Toast to the ones that we lost on the way Cause the dreams bring back all the memories And the memories bring back, memories bring back your Memories bring back, memories bring back your there's a time that I remember When I never felt so lost And I felt all of the hatred Was too powerful to stop oh, yeah. Now my heart feel like an ember And it's lighting up the dark I'll carry these torches for you And you know I'll never drop Yeah Everybody hurts sometimes 
just um, love you to share another tip with us and one thing we'd like you to, to share with us is around um, setting the scene for mealtimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so routine is probably the most underrated, one of the most underrated uh, things that we can implement to a mealtime. So absolutely setting a, having a separate place where food, so food and play should be separate, both in, you know, not bringing things to the table but also mm-hmm. in different environments um, is is hugely hugely important um, so with a routine I guess if we start without a routine when there's when we don't have a routine in place it's very easy for us to feel anxious and move into fight flight mode um, and also to control food so when the meal times when there's not a lot of control in the meal time itself we feel that we need to control something so the easiest thing we can do is control what goes in our mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, when there is a routine in place, it's almost like that's taken care of. I know exactly what's happening, exactly what the structure of this meal is. I don't have to worry. I don't have to control that. Mm-hmm. So that means I don't have to control food. I can kind of almost relax, I guess, around food. And with routine, so when a child's maybe in their fight-flight anxious mode, a few things happen in the body. So firstly, they might lose their appetite, which we don't want because we're coming into into meal time. Um, but their air canals actually shrink, but their pupils expand. So any verbal information we're trying to tell the child isn't going in because their air canals have physically shrunk, but their pupils have expanded. So what I recommend, and there's a free um, download on my website, is getting some visuals for the meal time. So you've actually got a visual structure because we know that our pupils have mm-hmm. expanded. So we've actually got a visual structure of the meal time, of exactly what we want to happen. And when a child can see this is what's happening, I can relax. I can kind of don't need to control food as much. Awesome. That's really helpful. Thank you, Rebecca. Do you hear that, honey? Listen, listen, listen. The, the, the routine that I like every single time is, is, is good for us. It's needed. Um, so routine I'm, sets you I'm free. Not, I'm, not, I'm not OCD at mealtime. I'm sitting in the same spot in the same chair. It's quite helpful. Good. Mm. Love that. Love that. Thank you. Thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> You can find our podcast on Facebook at Dr. Carl Benwith, Modern Caveman, 
on the Plains FM website and iTunes, and you can get the live stream from plainsfm.org.nz or the TuneIn app. On behalf of Carl Warty, I'm Dr. Carl Bamlett, chiropractor at the Alpha Omega Clinic, reminding you that you can't change from within on the outside looking in. Thank you for listening to Dr. Carl Bamlett, the modern caveman. For more healthy lifestyle tips, find Dr. Carl on drcarlbamlett.com and like him on Facebook. I'm Pascal Batrick, signing off for Dr. Carl Bamlett, the modern caveman.